Welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, how much of ourselves should we put in our work? Today's guest, longtime host, writer, comedian, and filmmaker Dino Tripodis has a creative journey that is uniquely his own, and he wouldn't have it any other way. Our conversation here takes on an eagle-eye view of his career path, the value of being a multi-hyphenate creator, his approach to creativity, and the importance of authenticity. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with host, actor, writer, director... Filmmaker, filmmaker. I still, I would, I would love to direct at some point. Creator, creator. Wow, Dino Tripodis. Dino, that creator sounds pretty. Creator, indeed. Dino, how are you? (laughs) I'm good, Tim. How are you? I'm good. Full disclosure: before we get into things, you and I have known each other. I'm not going to say for how long, but since I was. In high school. Yeah. Uh, I went to high school with your daughter. You did. Uh, And I remember... You you could be my son. I I am old enough. (laughs) I am young enough to be your son. Yeah. Absolutely. How are you? What's going on? I'm good, son. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. How do you introduce yourself to the rare... I imagine the folks outside of Columbus that don't know you, how do you describe yourself? How do I describe myself? Um, I, I joke when you said creator, but, uh, you know, that's an interesting word. Yeah. Uh, simply stated, just a guy who loves to do just that. I love to create whatever the medium might be. Uh, 24 years in radio mm-hmm. and then a little break. And now I'm back. Mm-hmm. Um, of created uh, various films both short and feature length one which we're currently engaged in which we'll talk about a little bit later yeah um stand up for a lot of years i still i still get ideas for jokes i still have a notebook and i still write ideas and i still perform um you know i've got some a couple of benefits coming up i did uh, something a couple weeks ago so i still like to keep my foot in stand up um love to write and uh, um, I call myself the reluctant actor as well. Okay. I did a horror film up in Meadville, Pennsylvania a few months ago, uh, a SAG project, SAG after low budget horror film called Pig Hill. Okay. And I got to play this uh, really completely out of my element, broad, loud, nasty character, Giovanni Vendetti, the king of Pig Hill. Okay. Uh, so it was just, just, just a lot of fun. Yeah. So sometimes if you can draw me out of that shell, then I'll I'll embrace it. But, you know, when I say, why don't you be in it? I'm like, mm, yeah. I'd rather write it and you do it. Well, and there's a certain amount of like, so uh, again, full disclosure, your daughter and I went to theater school, mm-hmm. a specialized like vocational theater program. You did. And 
what I've since discovered since not being in theater that, yeah, I don't, I'm not necessarily interested in being the guy on stage if it's not me on stage anymore. Uh, but there's almost, I now have an eight year old daughter and you sort of see as soon as you can convince them you are behind this, this veneer, whether Mm -hmm. that be a costume or makeup or whatever, the ability to take that on is a lot easier. Right. And I don't know if in your sort of, uh, even in hosting, right, that you, you walked in here today and it was a little bit like, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Whereas like when I see you uh, in your home, it's always like, hey, what's going on? What are, what are we working on? And like you're almost waiting for the microphone. I, I, I'm trying to talk to you a little bit about your creative process and right. how you pull yourself out. Mm-hmm. Well, when I walked in here, you know, I, uh, this is your world, so mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I was walking in quietly and respectfully, because because I don't know other than you mm-hmm. who I'm coming up uh, in meeting and so forth and so right. on. So, you know, I, I I I try not to enter a room and be on. Okay, I, I don't like to be on. But we've both all met the those guys, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can definitely, when I see that, okay, yeah, I got to be on. <laughs> I, I can, you know, this is what they want. I, yeah. I can, I can switch. And, and I find that a lot in radio with appearances in radio and, and definitely stand up, you know. Uh, they, they, people have an expectation sometimes. Yeah. And of, 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 there's, there's who you think you are and what you are and what they think you are and what you are. And sometimes the two don't always mesh. So, You've got to say, okay, well, they think I'm this way, and that's probably my fault. And and it's kind of okay. Yeah, to it's like, okay. I'm going to turn it on. It is right. an extension of you. Mm-hmm. It ha- it is an extension of you, so it's fine. But yeah. I'm saying, walking in here today, hey, you know, just I'm coming into Tim's world, and I'm a guest on his podcast. He's not on my podcast, which we forgot to mention the podcast. Uh, Please. Whiskey Business. Yes. Whiskey. Uh, and how'd you start it? I went, um, went to just, just wanted to... Uh, I think doing a podcast would be fun. We've done it for now a little over seven years. Okay. So, you know, it was the time when when there wasn't a million podcasts, mm-hmm. but uh, there were a decent amount of podcasts. And uh, we still like to do it, and I love to do it. And uh, we're not getting rich or famous off of it, but we are being satisfied creatively by doing it. We love to do it, and I think that's that's part of the fun of it. Absolutely, it's on it's on a the Evergreen Podcast Network now out of Cleveland the last couple of years, so that's helped boost our presence uh, and and get more subscribers. So yeah, I'll still we don't do we used to do it weekly and okay. it's very aggressive, but now we're doing about two a month because everybody's so busy with every other thing that they've got going on. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I the thing that I have told other people who are like, I want to start a podcast. What do you, what do you, what do I need to know? Or what do I need to do? And the biggest thing is like, you can Google anything, everything. Like it's super, it's not difficult, but consistency is absolutely key. key. The key. We are, and maybe this is my mea culpa to my listeners that I went dark sort of from like, uh, the last episode was in like April, but Mm -hmm. really the last episode was like, November of 2022 uh, jump back in with all the city council candidates and the mayoral candidates. And now you, I think are the 
will be the third episode after that, but only the okay. second guest. Like, okay. and trying to get back to and, and not a candidate and not a candidate. For, candidate you're not running. I'm not, you, know? Not, I, you know, it's funny. Over, over the 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 length of time I've been in Columbus, I I have been approached uh-huh. at certain times for certain things, and I said no, mm-mm, no. Uh, another story, another time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, not not my thing. I don't, uh, and definitely not these days. What? Just the political climate, you mean? Just the political climate in general. Yeah. Okay. It's just, you know, I can, I can, I can deal with the political climate on my own uh-huh. and have my own opinions and have my own thoughts and get involved in my own debates. <clears throat> but to step into that role right now and if that sounds like well you don't want to make a difference you don't want to make a change yeah i do that's why i i don't want to do it now because i i find it it seems virtually impossible to to evoke any type of serious change right now and things just but i don't even know why we're going down this rabbit hole (laughs) and we hope that it'll get better of course yeah of course let's go back a little bit to and we can talk about it because you've had, a, again, a, a multi-hyphenate sort of career, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what most people know you for is your time at Sunday 95. It's the biggest uh, amplifier that you've had, right? Right. For sure. Um, yeah. None of this other stuff, I think, would have come into play if it weren't for Sunday 95. And that was a happy accident. I've, okay. I've told you personally that story before. I was a stand-up comedian. I was a guest on the show. <clears throat> I would make frequent appearances there. And then one year, they, when I was living out in L.A. pursuing my my stand-up career, mm-hmm. um, they said, would you like to be the uh, a co-host with uh, Bob Simpson, a guy who I had popped on the show with, who was hosting the show? And I said no like three times. Uh, they finally wore me down, and I decided, you know what? Speaking of my daughter, who was turning 13 mm. years of age at the time, I go, yeah, this might be a good... I've been on the road. Mm-hmm. I'm living in L.A., it might be a good time, a good year to come back and, and be closer to my daughter, work, add something to the resume. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't work out, you know, okay, nice try. Go back to L.A., but I'll have this year of bonding with my kid. Because it was a contract, right? Yeah, it like, was. There was kind of a contract. Yeah, okay. there was a contract. But, you know, the contracts still to this day are always in favor of the radio station. Mm-hmm. You sign a four-year contract, but if they want to dump you after year one or two, they they can find cause. That's just the nature of the beast. Okay. Um, and after the first year, this show didn't fly that I was on. It was Bob Simpson and Company. And it was actually creatively a great show. It just But you were work. not on the marquee, to be uh, clear. Bob Simpson and Co. I was right. part of Co. You were the Co. Okay. I was part of the Co. <clears throat> and um, uh, Bob was let go, and we were left, myself, Stacy McKay, uh, Mike Elliott, uh, who now is with iHeart and mm-hmm. the program director. He was our producer at the time, Clark Donnelly. And we all just said, you know what? They're probably going to – that was in October the following year, and I said, they're probably going to get a new morning show in January, so let's just pretend like every show is our last one and have a blast. Okay. Doing it. Everyone, okay. We did that. There was some chemistry there. The ratings went up. And in January, when we got pulled into the general manager's office, I was I was waiting for the thank you for this. Sorry, this experiment didn't work out. Instead, right. they offer a four-year contract uh, for Dino and Stacy, And 
the rest, as they say, is is history. And for and so then twenty three more years of that. Twenty four more years and okay. different and different because Stacy left and Stacy mm-hmm. got Stacy got a surprise, you know. Uh, pregnancy late okay. in life and she wasn't expecting that and she took time off to to do that and then uh she left and went to another station then came back mm-hmm. uh and then i left and now i came back and and so yeah but this is definitely this one this is it there's no more <laughs> anybody that leaves now is gonna be gone they're gone gone man. gone at, at this point but yeah and do you I don't necessarily want to get into a conversation about the industry as a whole, and I'm going to have to figure out at some point, one of my first podcast interviews ever was with Johnny DiLoretto. I love Johnny. I do too. Talking about what what it's like being in that field. Because TV, morning news and morning radio are not that different. Right? They, only in that, you know, you actually have to be presentable for morning TV. <laughs> for morning radio, if you, if you, if you've, uh, you know, whatever you've done the night before and you want to sleep an extra 20 minutes and roll out of bed and, yeah. and put on a hat and go, you can. Right. Yeah. But there is this constant feeling of like, oh, the hammer might just come down today mm-hmm. and i guess my my question is do you think the columbus market is any different in terms of how it's how it's dealt with or what you think you dealt with i can't speak to television but okay. I, can, I can tell you uh, in respects to radio it's one of the few markets where there seems to be a deep-seated loyalty i mean there there are more longer running entities of hosts in this market than I've seen in others. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not uncommon for a gig in radio to last three or four years and then something happens and they, and then they move on. You've got guys like Jerry Elliott who have been at QFM for 30 plus years. Uh, Woody, it was at, you know, did, did COL mm-hmm. for, forever and a day, the morning zoo, Dave and Jimmy, long time, established entities myself mm-hmm. a 24 year run at Sunday night. Those are, those are to have that many, uh, entities of a show from a host perspective last that long in some way, shape or form is, is well, insane. And when, and especially in one market, let alone, you know, have, have one of those people be a long, long standing entity is one thing, but to have like three and four different radio right. stations that have this longevity, it's nuts. Well, and I don't know this. Is that uh, there is a by you've been you have worked under like a new owner before, and there's there's some been some consolidation of that market, right? Uh, we are Saga Communications. Right. We've always been Saga Communications. Okay. We've never been bought out by anybody. Uh, the CEO of our company, Ed Christian, uh, who started the company, passed away uh, last year. Uh, but, uh, you know, the mantle has been picked up and taken and run with to keep Saga Communications Saga. Okay. Um, Columbus is one of their bigger markets for Saga Communications. Uh, Columbus, Milwaukee, uh, Norfolk, Virginia. They don't have uh, big stations in New York or, right. or or Chicago. And they've done well with that, you know, being a middle market, a middle market radio station entity. You know, Saga Communications is one of the few radio entities that's actually still trading well in the stock market. So, okay. you know, so there you go. They're doing something right. My background, at least from a journalism perspective, is in print. 
and there's been such a consolidation there, right? It's in print. Yeah, yeah. It's basically Gannett, at least yeah. for what we experience yeah. here in Columbus. And I guess I had assumed maybe that there was some consolidation happening in the media in other forms. Mm-hmm. That is happening to an extent, right? Like QFM got bought at some. Point. We own QFM. You own QFM. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We bought QFM. Okay. So yeah, when you say in that respect, yes, we have picked up some smaller. No, well, QFM is not a smaller station. QFM was one of our our bigger purchases. We have QFM, Sign ninety five, Rewind, and Mix. Okay. Uh, we have four stations. So in that respect, yes, there has been consolidation and grabbing uh, other other entities to put into your your bundle. Yeah. For lack of a better word, just like iHeart has, you know, this station, this station, this station, this station, and this station. They they're. They're huge. Well, and they're the beast, right? I mean, yeah. they're the ones using David Jimmy and disseminating their yes. voice across markets. Right, 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 right. Do you think it's important for, and I think I know the answer to this question already, right? Do you think it's important to have local hosts, personalities, folks doing not only morning shows, but also just the content throughout the day? Yeah, I do. I do. I think. I think. Uh, at at the end of the day, which I hate that expression, but I'm going to use it anyway. I I think local is important. Mm-hmm. You know, um, let's be honest. People can get music wherever and however they want, anytime they want. Um, so, and especially in respects to morning shows, um, I, I still think there's a local element. But mm-hmm. it's getting harder. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the, there's with so many choices being out there. I mean, you, you got to work a, a little harder and a little little longer in order to uh, to to keep to keep yourself in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have options. So, but some people still still like identifying with a morning show, and some people, longtime listeners who have been, you know, they they were very gracious when I left and, and mm-hmm. sad. They were even more gracious when I came back. And I had a, that amazed me. That amazed me because, you know, it's, it's, I've never understood people who uh, thought that they were the, they were it. For okay. Like, okay. You know, sitting on top of a mountain, you know, I am, I am the king. Yeah. No, you go away. People forget you. I mean, it's just like it, it that's, and I've always believed that to be true. You know, Oh, you're going to be here forever. You're the, no, no, I'm not. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not the, 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 I'm not the king. There is no king. I just happen to be sitting on this particular throne for a little bit, but I could easily be knocked off and forgotten and, and move. And, and when I, I don't mean that in a bad way, I'm just saying it's the nature of the beast. They go, oh, he's gone. Oh, I'll never listen to radio again until next week. Right. <laughs> and the next person comes in and they go, I love the new guy. <laughs> I love the new guy. And that's just the, the nature of the beast. So if you think that you're, you know, nobody can replace. I hate that. Nobody, nobody will be able to replace. Sure you can. Yeah. Sure you can be replaced. Let's switch gears a little bit, still staying in the radio space. All right. Uh, what time do you have to get up in the morning in order to do a morning show? We used to start at 5 in the morning, and that was brutal. Okay. Now we start at 6, which I know it's only an hour difference, but it's amazingly different. Okay. I happen to live about, uh, if I catch all the green lights, three and a half minutes okay, from not the bad. station. So um, five and a half if I get a couple of reds. So 4.15. 
alarm, first alarm goes off at 4.15. Okay. I can get up at 4.15. Uh, I have another one that goes off at 4.30. Uh-huh. And then, uh, you know, final warning, 4.45, you know, that's if, if, if. if that's your rushing alarm. No, uh, the rushing alarm is, the, they're, they're, <laughs> there's, there's a 12-minute there's a drill. Tim, okay. I've got it down to a 12-minute 12, 12 drill All right. at 5 a.m., at 5 a.m., there's a 12-minute drill. I can I can go in, brush my teeth, wash my face, da 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 da, da. Maybe not get a shower, but there's a 12-minute drill where I can um, you know, gulp down an espresso coffee, boom, 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 and be out the door by 5.15. There you go. Yeah. Now, I don't like the five the 12-minute the, the drill, but I know it's available to me. <laughs> so so you- 4.45 is the, is the cutoff as far as leisurely time. You know, a little more rushed. Yeah. But there is a 12-minute drill. What else don't folks know about that process? They've seen at this point folk video of folks sitting at a at a desk uh-huh. and doing their thing and re and I don't remember what they're called, but reading the the interstitial like the house ads and all the sponsorships and reading sure. the traffic yeah, and yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah. But what's the what do you find that people are sort of surprised by when they hear about doing morning radio? Uh, when people come in and actually we have guests that come mm-hmm. and visit, sometimes they go through and they're always amazed that uh, it's not scripted. Yeah. You know, that what we're saying is not scripted. That like, you know, oh my gosh, you guys just, you know. And, and what I tell people all the time is it's, it's harder than you think to make it look and sound that easy. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, what do you do? You talk for three and a half minutes and then you play a song and your job's easy. Okay. Well, you know what? You come in day in and day out and do it, you know, Monday through Friday and come up and have, you know, and come up with thoughts and ideas and, and be fresh and, and be original and, and continue to do that day. Yeah. You, you go ahead and try. Well, and also you are, Pushing right, so forgive me for folks who may not have been in Columbus very long and have not listened to Sunny 95. It is in my head the radio station that your mom listens to in the minivan in terms of content most of the day. Most right? of the day, but that's not necessarily true anymore. I mean, that okay. was probably when you were when you were in high is school. It, is it still called Hot AC? <laughs> it's uh, adult <laughs> contemporary. Okay, adult contemporary. Okay. We mix in a little bit of Hot AC in there. I mean, you know. We're, 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 we're playing, um, is Amy Grant still in? No, okay. she is not. Okay. That's a fair question. That, that, I, that's a fair question. Cause you're not going to hear. There was a Sonny at the time where Amy Grant and Celine Dion uh-huh. and, and Michael Bolton and, and, and that, that world was Sonny and it's gotten a little bit more progressive as far as the music. Got it. Um, so it's much, so, but I will certainly, if I listen for an hour, I will hear Michelle branch. No. Okay. Okay. No. That is me missing. Okay. No. You will not. No. You will hear, if you listen for an hour, uh-huh. uh, you will hear um, Miley Cyrus. Okay. You will hear. But I'm hearing Wrecking Ball. I'm not hearing. You're hearing Flowers. Okay. Okay. Actually, you're hearing Flowers a lot. <laughs> okay. Fair. Because <laughs> that give the people yeah. what they want. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that in, in, in rotation quite a bit. Uh, <clears throat> there was a throwback, a little bit of a throwback on Sunny 95 in the last year or so where Delilah came back and oh. love songs with Delilah came back at nighttime. And we, that was a staple at Sunny 95 for a long time. Then, Indeed. It, I'm sorry. You just unlocked a uh, core memory mm-hmm. of she's back at nighttime, 
broadcasting from the farm. Okay. Whatever the hell she does it. I don't know. Well, she's syndicated. Yeah, too. she's syndicated. Yeah. But was she gone for a time? Uh, do, do, do we. Sunny so, wasn't subscribing. Sunny so, wasn't subscribing. And then, Got it. And then she came back. Yeah. So okay. that's a little bit of a throwback to back in the day. That is the car talk of adult contemporary, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it is just, okay. Delilah. There you go. Mm-hmm. What I was trying to get to was I have always been impressed with your ability to treat that audience in such a way that you're able to sort of like walk up to the line. Right. You're able to be like, Hey, I'm the, you know, I might be your brother. I might be the guy you want to date. Uh, I'm a little bit, I'm saying things that you certainly aren't going to say, but I'm not offending you at all. No. And it's it's a type of thing where the uh, when you're walking up to the line and the parents are in the car and they're laughing because they get it they know how close I've come to the line yeah and if there are children in the back seat you know they they don't know that there's been a line and they definitely don't know that something's been crossed and, right and if anything they're saying why are you laughing mom yeah <laughs> well it's not even like the Shrek jokes yeah, right it's right. not no. even the like I'm saying <laughs> something that goes over the kid's head right you're doing the ones that the 13 year olds doesn't isn't necessarily gonna get <laughs> I try to I yeah. try to uh, and, and uh, yeah but I, I know what the li- I know what the line is and I oh, remarkably a- remarkably have not. It's a honed skill, though. Crossed it, right? And you know, been fined or 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 fired be, because I said the wrong thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that, that's nobody more surprised than myself. <laughs> I said, I don't, now I got I got to do something. I got to do something so I don't jinx myself. And tomorrow morning, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say the wrong thing, and I'm gonna be damn it, Tim. <laughs> he walked me up to it. Talk a little bit about your other endeavors. We've talked about the podcast. We've we talked about Sunny. Um, I do credit you with giving me an IMDb credit. How so? Uh, you, it was in Funny Man. Oh, I the very in, first short film. That's right. Yes. That's right. I am oh in my, one of your films. Oh, my God. Uh, you are. You are. And oh, you are not sorry. The, oh, it's okay. You're not the only film. Uh, that I have. I think you are actually my second and most recent credit, meaning I only have two credits That's on IMDb. Uh, but talk about your, first of all, how you got into film uh, and where you find your sweet spot in it now. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, I, my very, oh boy, Funny Man was the first short film that yeah. I ever did. And just to show you how naive and uh not stupid but just you know it was it's a 42 minute short film that's not a short film a short film is 15 minutes 20 minutes okay a 42 minute film at that point you just should have made a feature film and yeah and, and moved on but uh, I, I still like the funny man for some of the elements that are in it. I like the, I like the, the story behind it. It was presented to me by someone else gave me the story and I said, I'll, I'll do this if you let me rework it a little bit. Cause the concept was there. He wanted to do something about a, a comedian who was kind of, uh, you know, in the throes of it and, you know, not had, had missed that boat to big, 
success and yeah. fame, and was and was uh, capitalizing on the other perks that the job would bring, you mm-hmm. know, in respects to women and drinking and so forth and so on. So in that respect, I'm, I'm proud of it that way. And there's still a great, there's still a great scene in that film uh, with uh, Jennifer Schaff and, and myself at the bar uh, talking about the definition of the one, mm-hmm. romantically speaking, which I honestly think, and I'm, and you know me, Tim, I'm very critical of everything I do. I think that particular scene can hold up just about anywhere as far as a dynamic between two people uh-huh. talking about love and the one i i think it's it's by far one of my favorite scenes what aspect of that though what? are you talking about the writing or are you talking yes, about the, and the and the acting and okay. the performances yeah there was just the two very... things you were fully in control of yes you're, you're proud yeah. of no, i didn't direct it. it mike mcgrainer directed that but mm-hmm. i was you know there's there's yeah when you're making film there's a lot of deliver three lines and cut and you know but this this was literally one shot mm-hmm. for eight minutes in you know that's uncommon yeah where we didn't move and cut away from something else it was so it was very unique in that perspective so you could actually feel like you were in that moment in the funny man but yes that was the very first film that I actually wrote and produced and and put out there the very first film I ever did. I thought would never come to the light of day. Okay. It was filmed in 1988. Okay. It was a horror film, and it's called Heartland of Darkness, and it languished in obscurity for 30-plus years, and then somebody finally got it together because in the uh, horror genre, Mm -hmm. there was a woman by the name of Linnea Quigley, Called Queen of the Screams. Okay, and this is the type. Of, this is this is the the type of horror film that they call them satanic panic films. You know, okay. They, there's a genre. There's a world. Yeah, and this film fit in that world. And after 35 years, it was unearthed and and brought out on Blu-ray and DVD and streaming as we speak. And you can see a very young, <laughs> young, uh, in his 20s, Dino Tripodis, uh no, maybe twenty nine. Yeah, okay. It's not good, <laughs> and yet I'm, I'm. And then again, you're always amazed, like, oh my god, I, this is the worst possible thing that could happen to me. And then you read these reviews from critics in that genre. Yeah, and they're in that genre. They're you're great. They're, they're complimenting you. <laughs> they're 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 fine. Like I'm like what you know. All I see is that you know the, there was this script and the, and at the time. Nothing but earnest. You were in L.A. at the time. No, no, it was shot here. Okay. It was shot here. It was shot in Granville. Ah. Granville, Granville doubled for Copperton, Ohio. Okay. Where there was a string of horrible satanic murders. Well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, yeah, my, my, I've dabbled with film, but then, and now to where we are now. Yeah. Uh, four years ago, we did The Street Where We Live, which was a, a labor of love. Streaming now. Uh, streaming now as we speak on Amazon and Tubi and a bunch of other things. Very proud of that movie. One best feature at the Glass City Film Festival up in, uh, was it Detroit or Toledo? I can't remember. Okay. Where, anyway. Um, and, and, and yeah, and is, and is 
been expanded to a bigger audience via YouTube. I think YouTube has something where they, they, they actually can get movies and that expanded it to a whole new audience. Very proud of that film. Mm -hmm. I co-wrote it, produced it, and I'm in it as an actor, reluctant actor. I play Ben and I'm very proud of that film, which leads us to where we are now with Down to the Felt, which is by far the most ambitious and biggest thing I've ever been involved with as far as a independent film goes. Okay. Uh, that starts shooting in April of 2024, and we are currently raising the funds for it as we speak. We have a big fundraiser November the 15th at uh, Central Grip, which is a great facility that uh, that is going to be part of our our family when okay. we start making the film. It'll be a shoot location or yeah it's a, it's okay. a, it, 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 well the their their equipment their people their gear their their talents central Got it. grip I wasn't familiar with yeah the yeah company. it's it's, it's it. they make movies they make movies they make videos they do projects and and well now the name grip makes sense yeah, so they they're they're in the mix that's where we're having the actual uh, fundraiser on November the 15th and um um and it's for investors it's for investors in the film we, okay. we are we are still looking for investors to to finish off our 1.5 million dollar budget i've never had a 1.5 million dollar budget and this film initially was written with the idea of just to sell the screenplay and move on yeah some that was our plan we yeah. wrote it during the pandemic because we were so stifled creatively with nothing to do during the pandemic that my friends uh, Ralph Scott and John Osbeck brought this concept of this. Uh, it was the, the, I think their working title was Two Minute Warning. Okay. Talking about how the last two minutes in any game of sports is the most exciting. You know, football, two minute warning. Uh, the, the, the Kentucky Derby, two minutes, yeah. you know, so forth. The last two minutes are a basketball game. You know, why bother watching an entire basketball game? It comes down to the last two minutes. And it was kind of the basic premise. Of of this, and I like the idea because the the initial character was a computer geek who got involved in some gambling issues. Okay. And once again, I don't know why I keep doing this, but I, yeah, I like the idea. But can we? <laughs> and we started changing it and adapting it to where we are now, which is still a compulsive gambler. But that's what he is. He is a compulsive gambler, and he uh, uh, is on a bad roll. In the beginning of the film, he loses the down payment on a house for him and his fiance in a poker game. He gets fired from his job. He doubles down on a on a basketball bet. He loses that, you know. So now he's in deep, deep. And rather than be, you know, uh, take the chance of being killed by the mob since he can't pay his debt, whatever the case might be, yeah. he has a happy, a happy axle done a meeting with a. Uh, a psychotic but devout Jewish hitman. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the hilarity ensues. Uh, so it's a comedy. It's a dark comedy. There's okay. dark comedy in it. A lot of action. Uh, it's called Down to the Felt. And the, he and a drunken stupor, but not completely drunken. He makes a deal with the hitman. You, you kill me in two weeks, so I am legitimately dead, and my mother can get my insurance money. But I want two weeks to take it down to the felt. This is what I got left in my kitty. I want two weeks to take a run at it. You know, if I win, yay, more money for mom. If I lose, she still gets the insurance this is money. Some, some very, and 
certainly I'm not saying it's not an original story, but to picture it, it's some variation of uncut gems and leaving Las Vegas. Sure, almost, a little right? bit of a little, you know, you draw from all kinds yeah, of elements, yeah. and especially in that where Mississippi, Mississippi grind uh, was a. It was, was another gambling move. Rounders, there's comparisons galore. Uh, Lucky Aces, I can't remember. I love name. Rounders, and it's much underappreciated. Mm-hmm. So there's elements about it, but yeah, but the but the characters are are and then he meets a woman. Um, Scotty Thompson is on board from uh, NCIS and Grey's Anatomy and okay. Blacklist, and she's done a ton a ton of stuff. Salva Scusa will be at our fundraiser. A lot of people, if I say Salva Scusa, like who? Uh, journeyman actor who has uh, been around forever, starting with the 70s, taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. Okay. And then more recently, Lyle, Lyle Crocodile, as far as his voice talents. Um, he's been in Spaceballs. He's been uh, uh, a character actor on television forever. Okay. He was, uh, this This show is before your time, but for some, if anybody my age is listening, there was a show called Soap on TV yeah. back in the day. Uh, he was, he was the, the priest on Soap. So he, okay. he was a, a main character of that. And he was also the uh, the voice on the loudspeaker in in MASH. No at, kidding. On the TV show. Anytime you heard you know the loudspeaker announcements. The that TV, was him. That was him. And he also played several parts, you know, ca- character roles on MASH throughout different seasons. Yeah. He, played, he played different things. Well, and certainly journeyman <clears throat> actor, right? Yeah. Like I said, he's, guys, he's been around since the 70s. He was part of our table read. We did this this massive table read that Cullen Douglas, our producer in L.A., put together with actors from New York, Atlanta, Chicago, L.A. We all came together and did this big Zoom read. So we wanted because we as the writers wanted to hear what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. So Cullen put this together, and it was Cullen, by the way, who convinced us like you guys shouldn't sell this script. You should make this movie. Okay. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay. now, we're, now we're in too deep. We have to. Uh, <laughs> but Sal was one of the actors on that Zoom read. Mm. And as soon as we got done with that script, he called Cullen immediately and said, I'm throwing my hat in the ring for Anthony. He plays, he plays and so Sal's playing Anthony, the bookie in this film, the, the, the good bookie. I call him the good bookie. He's like a mentor the, to the, him. The Jewish bookie with the heart of gold. No, no, he's, no, no. Not, he's an Italian Oh, bookie. Jewish hitman yeah, with Jewish, the heart Jewish, of gold. Oh, a, no, the Jewish hitman does not have a heart of gold. He's okay. just a very devout Jew who okay. also has a death wish. But he can't kill himself because if he does, he won't be able to be buried with the righteous. You see where this is going? I so do he, now. So, so our guy, our lead, has a death wish. The Jewish hitman has a death wish. He's hoping he, he comes across a strong enough adversary to take him out hmm. so that he can be buried with the righteous. But he can't kill himself. He could kill himself any time, but he's not going to be able to be buried in a Jewish cemetery. It's very, very conflicting. It's a film. Right. It's yeah. a lot. It's yeah. supposed to be a it, lot. It, yeah. I guess my question is hearing this, and this is a new thought, so apologies. No apologies needed. Why do you keep writing yourself into movies? Why do I keep writing myself yeah, into movies? Because the so because uh, I'm not in this movie. Uh, well, I know that. I'm sorry. I'm not. You're not uh, writing yourself as an actor, in right? No. But no. like, you're also not a computer geek. No, I'm not. And you were like, let's make him a gambler, right? And I, sorry, inside knowledge, you, you know, I'm a gambler. Gamble, right? Yeah, you like to do that. Well, also, funny man. About a comedian. comedian who didn't like mm. you. You are successful in your own right, but right. you were not successful in stand-up comedy. No, I wouldn't. I, I, the funny man is like, yeah, that was like a, a, an inside purge, if uh-huh. you will, 
Because there was this? an opportunity. There was an opportunity at stand up to go to the next level. You know, uh, I always make the comparison when I did my first national TV appearance on, on Comic Strip Live on Fox. Uh huh. You know, who was on that show that that night? I can tell you who was on. I that have show no that idea. Night. I can't tell you. Please. It was it was uh, Dino Tripodis. Uh huh. All right. Sarah Silverman. Okay. Louis C.K. Okay. And Dave Attell. Uh-huh. All uh, right. And I know who Dave Attell is, uh, and I know bet David, most people uh, do, but the, that's Louis, the, like Louis, the least Louis, known of those the, people. The, uh, yeah, right. Louis C.K. Sarah Silverman have gone on to amazing careers. Yeah. Yeah, it's So stopped. is Dave Attell, yeah. to be clear. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. By, by all means. Yeah. And, and notoriety and, yeah. and some good things, some, some not so good things. Uh, and that was, that was the choice I made. When I decided to take that four-year contract with Sunny 95 and huh. not go back to L.A., and I remember to this day, here's a little inside story that I haven't told a lot of people. Okay. The the weekend before I was starting at Sunny 95, back in 1994, okay, Bob Simpson, who was the host of the show, came out to the funny bone. At that point, comedically speaking, I was a well-oiled machine. I mean, I knew what I was doing because that is a muscle that... And you're cost, doing it on a regular basis. Yeah, and we didn't get into it. the muscle part of like right. hosting and doing right, all right, that right, enough, right. You know, yes. I was doing my show. I was headlining at the Funny Bone the weekend before I started at Sunday 95. And after the show, Bob Simpson comes up to me and he says, don't do it. I go, don't do what? He says, don't take the job. He was he fired at that point? No, 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 no. He no, hadn't no, even no, been no, no. fired. We, yet. Had, we, we were starting our show. Okay. Our that we were embarking on day one of the year that would be our show. Oh. That following Monday, he tells me from the jump, the start. To, to, like, he tells me the Thursday after I've moved myself back to Columbus, Ohio, from L.A. and I'm starting at Sunday five Monday. He tells me, "Don't do it. This is what you should be doing." And that was always been a crossroads for me that was a choice that i made i did take the job and i did go back to la on a regular basis and perform at the comedy store and yeah do my sets at the improv thinking that this experiment in radio wouldn't last uh it did so i made a ch- i made a conscious choice i i have no don't feel sorry for I me i don't feel sorry don't, for don't feel you. sorry for me that i'm that, that i did not become a, com- a comedic giant i don't it was my choice no but it's the you know the theory of core memories of like there mm-hmm. th- things happen and you're like I'm always gonna remember this mm-hmm. and you don't know that you will right but sometimes you do know you do. that you will and you drove home that night after him seeing you and you had a minute I did I did you had a minute and you weren't just just to sort of like. I think this context is kind of important here. You had come back partly, let's say, uh, I'll credit to Danielle, let's call it 45% for your daughter, but 55% for like, this is steadier and still performing. Right. Right. This I've already made the choice to be in LA. I'm making the choice to be back. I didn't leave. I didn't leave LA. I kept everything there. Exactly. Okay. So there's, there's all that you've got that going, and there's this person saying, a person I assume you respect, oh sure, saying, "Hey, don't come and do this." Yeah, 
And he, he and and guess what? A year later, he was absolutely right. But but then you, over the course of a couple of months, were able to convince the the powers that be. <laughs> I wasn't trying. Hey, to. hey, well, but you were saying fuck it. Yeah. You were literally saying like, hey, I. I whatever tr- I, I just to, want to do my work yeah, let's I just, just have fun do, and try right. to pretend like each show's our last and as a result that spontaneity and that enthusiasm carried through and i guess the point i'm trying to get to here is that creativity finds a way right right it is it's like water yeah. water always finds a way in it it, <laughs> it is because i want to ask functional questions about like what is wh- where does the 1.5 go like, is this sure. about how much money, uh, or sorry, is this about <clears throat> the amount of money that each actor gets? Is this uh, yeah. a certain production? Is that guy in LA who's your producer getting a cut? It, and what uh, what are the potential payoffs for investors? All super important questions. All super important and for things. a podcast. That uh, another uh, time. Yeah, there is a there is a, there is a document and a and a pitch deck. Yeah, and, and an explanation of the ROI, the return on investment for anybody that does get invested in yeah. the film. Uh, there, are, we we are seeking investors. We're think, also we have fiscal sponsorship with Wild Goose Creative. Mm-hmm. So if people are looking to do a tax deductible donation, that can be that can that can come back to us, but also help themselves out as well. You know that there's all kind of options available. Mm-hmm. I want to go back around because I took the very, very long way around to your question. You asked why do I put myself yes into these worlds? <clears throat> One, um, there's a very simple rule of writing, which write is what you know. write what you know mm-hmm. and write who you know. And when I said when I suggested we change the world of this situation. And put it into this gambling world with and, and uh, different types of relationships. Mm-hmm. It's a world that I know. So when I write those words, or when we wrote those words, but we, you know, we all contributed. We all like, you know, when when you talk about the like, we, we all contributed to the script, but there were certain parts that I got this. Yeah. So everybody, but you didn't believe you could believably write. Computer nerd who is I probably could have yeah I, could, I probably could because 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 it wasn't about his job okay so much because his job this guy's day job that he gets fired from is working for a produce company okay okay you know but uh, so you call but you make sure this is part of the writing process right right you right, right make sure like hey does this technically check out like w- is this reasonable for this person to say in that opening scene where you see him not doing great at his job mm-hmm. does that make sense right so that you're not making basically a shitty film right that right, one right. part that folks can't get over mm-hmm. yeah yeah everything about it is very believable um the characters are very well drawn out and uh and that's that's the one thing that everybody has Fortunately, and thank you, as commented on, is, is that the dialogue seems authentic and real. You know, it it it's what you want in a movie. It sounds like people talking. You know, which is I know ridiculous to say, but you watch movies where <sighs> I constantly am watching. Like we're in the spooky season right yeah, now, right, right, right? And so I'm watching Halloween movies, and I'm like. That's bad acting. And I'm like, that's bad writing. writing right. That's right, not right, right, like right, they're right. doing fine, but they're dealing <clears throat> what they were sold. And that's when everybody on the Zoom 
and then when we did the Zoom read, all these actors were so complimentary. I said, but they also said, you guys made it easy because the writing was so good. So that, yeah. so you're right. They do go hand in hand. You know, actors can do great things yeah. with, 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 with good writing. And I am proud of this 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 writing. Uh, and I want to mention John Osbeck and Ralph Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, John is our director. He's going to be directing it. Ralph is producing it and has written it along with myself and John. Uh, Cullen Douglas is our producer in L.A. He's the one who who changed our, wrangled you uh, in, changed our way <laughs> of thinking, and uh, has been remarkable. Uh, yeah, he's also an actor as well. Uh, okay, he's 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 been on a ton of stuff. In fact, he's got I don't know when this drops, but he's on an episode of Quantum Leap, which is starting back up on NBC. He's on an upcoming episode in a new episode, in a new episode, okay. new well, episode I, of Quantum. I'm an originalist. The, the, so am I. So am I. But Leap. I want to watch it because Cullen's in it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so he he he's great. He's great, and he he was the first one that said he was you know with the script like he did it. He read it as a favor to uh-huh. Ralph. Him and Ralph were friends for years, and he read it as a favor. And you know, like okay, he even says he admits it. I'm gonna read it because that's Ralphie. And then he read it and like, Bleh. okay, yeah. But this, isn't a little bit? I sorry, I don't know what a script sells for. Do you have a concept of that? Uh, like scripts what? can sell from anything from, you know. What's low end? Like, hey, we're taking, con- not even like taking control of it, but like, yes, we intend to produce this at some point. That's the part. That's the funny thing about scripts. I got friends who are screenwriters that live here locally who have sold the same script repeatedly because a studio will take a script and they will buy it and they will option it. Mm-hmm. And then, and, 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 and it expires. And the expires, expires. It expires. And so somebody could, they, that, that writer can sell that, that screenwriter can sell that script again. What are they selling that script for? Oh, ours? No, sorry. The script that your friends have written. No, the, Just as an example of this what one, they, the, down to the felt. No, no, sorry. A script that they have sold. Oh, I, I, I don't know what a script sells. I don't for. know. I don't okay. know. I don't know what they've made, but they've, okay. but they've, but they've, Manage to pay the rent or the mortgage, and stay comfortable. There you go. With by selling certain scripts, and and some scripts have been purchased by by studios because they don't want the script out there, and because they have another sim. They have a very similar type of project that maybe maybe isn't as good of a script mm-hmm. or as good as a film. So they'll buy this film, and they can incorporate some things in if or, they want. No, or- they just want it off the market. Okay. They don't want anybody else to make this script because they have a film just like this. So there's all kind of fun things. And that was the goal. Let's just write this great script and sell it, and then we'll start because we have other ideas in the pipeline, which we do. Okay. So a, but now we're now we're making a movie. So in April, we're going to shoot for 24 to 27 days and, and, uh, and see what the hell happens. There you go. And, I have uh, so many more questions about I know, but I wanna, that I, production process. I do, and I want to I be a little bit of a whore, if I, if I can be, Please. for just a moment. And, and hang on a second. And tell people if they are interested in being a part of this fundraising event, you can go to info at bigdealpictures.com. I end every interview yeah. by asking two questions. Sure. And this is going to diverge hugely from, I hope, from okay. what we've talked about. What do you think Columbus is doing well? And what do you think Columbus is not doing so well? I think they're doing an excellent job in continuing to grow mm-hmm. uh, culturally, creatively, um, and socially. Um, I think this is a great place 
to live. Having been here since, you know, back, cemented back here since 1994 and able to watch the growth mm -hmm. and and watch it not only grow but not necessarily stagnate you know just continue and when something does seem to be a little sluggish you don't see them giving up on it just yet you know you see neighborhoods over the years that were dismissed and 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 seemingly written off being rejuvenated and 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 brought back to life so that's what i think columbus continues to do great on a regular basis is grow and prosper and 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 don't let if something burns down to the ashes don't just leave it ashes that something rises some sort of nice ohio phoenix rises from those ashes and i think that's yeah. great yeah what is it not doing so well? What is it not doing so well? They're not winning any hockey games. Okay. <laughs> fair. That's fair. They're not winning. They're not winning any Stanley Cups. Uh, um, no, that's 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 one particular entity. I'm a Blue Jackets fan. Fair. I had tickets for 10 years, <laughs> season tickets for 10 years in the club level. I languished, I, you know, and I still go from time to time. But, ah, yeah. it's, it's frustrating when you see a new team like like the Knights in Vegas that, that have been yeah. playing hockey for an, an hour and they have a Stanley Cup. You know, so um, what do I think that they the, – the, what was the original question again? What is Columbus not doing so well? What is as, Columbus a, as a community, as a – you know, as a city. Hmm. Not doing so well. I, boy, uh, that's a tough one for me because there's things that I bitch about. Yeah. You know, uh, our infrastructure. Uh, but, but then I also see them attempting to, to, to fix that. Um, I would like to see the one thing I really would like to see them do better and really get on is a rail system. Okay. I would like to see that rail system come to be. I would like to get on a train and go to Cleveland or Cincinnati or even Chicago from here. I would like to see that rail system come to come to be because I've heard talk about it for yep. decades upon decades. And that's the one thing that, you know, I haven't seen come to fruition do it before I die. Let me get on a train. Let me get on a choo-choo. <laughs> Let me get on a choo-choo before it's all said and done. All right. All right. Dino, thank you. No, Tim, thank you. I'm going to record that one more time because of that. All right. Dino, thank you. No, Tim, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite filmmaker. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week. <laughs>